Welcome to Season Ticket, presented by Press Room Pass. This podcast is your passport to sports history with the peak at the present. The hosts, Chris and Don, will share with you their love of sports, highlighting their favorite teams and seasons. While they focus on the past, they'll talk about some current events too, and along the way they'll probably throw in a few pop culture references. This is Season 1, Episode 5, where we conclude the discussion about the formation and accomplishments of the Big Red Machine. If you're just joining the podcast, you may want to listen to Episode 4 before continuing, or you could pull a Lucas and get the story out of sequence. It's sure to entertain either way. This podcast is presented by PressRoomPass.com. You'll hear more about Press Room Pass and how to connect with the podcast later, but right now, let's start the show. Hello again and welcome to another edition of Season Ticket presented by PressRoomPass.com. I'm joined by my usual cohorts in crime, Don Tincher. Good afternoon, Don. Hey. We doing all right today? I'm not doing too bad. And how about you, Michael Swigert? Good afternoon. Michael, before the break, you had a thought. Yeah, well, what I was Which thinking was... Which is interesting was, in among itself. Of course, yeah, yes. You had a thought. Go right ahead. What I was thinking was, Don kept talking about his favorite players and so forth, and he hadn't mentioned one of my favorite players. Uh, Johnny Bench was somebody that I looked up to and, and, and watched a lot, but Dave Concepcion was one of my favorite players on the Reds. Big Red Machine also played shortstop. Originally, I liked him because it was a fun name to say. Yes. <laughs> yes, it would be. But he played his career with the Reds, eventually had his number retired, played on both of the Big Red Machines, and was a significant contributor, just a journeyman shortstop out there. Well, he was somebody that I liked. Too. I mean, there, you know, well, it's, hard, it's hard not to like anybody that's a member of the Great Eight, first well, of all. Well, and there's a debate whether he should be in the Hall of Fame or I, not. I think he should be. I sh- arguably, I think I, he should I, be, I, too. I think he should be. They, they, they don't question his defense. They question his offense, but... Ozzy Smith didn't have the best offensive well, and, numbers either. And the, you know the other thing that that he's you in the Hall of Fame. well the, the other thing that you you see now is that a shortstop will bounce the ball to first base. Yeah, he, you know on a play. Dave Concepcion was the guy that really did that well. Uh, and he took know, advantage of the AstroTurf ex- exactly to do just that. E- exactly. So your yeah. point's well taken, Michael. Yeah. yeah. Hey, he won the Silver Slugger Award twice. Yeah. I mean, his offense wasn't that bad. Exactly. No, no, no. He was. <laughs> He was he was a good player, no no question. But yeah. you know, he's overshadowed by guys that are in the Hall of Fame, and right. frankly, probably should be himself. I totally agree. Yeah. And so when we left off, we had just talked about the '72 World Series in 1973. The Reds again had a good year, but they came up a little bit short in the National League Championship Series against the New York Mets. And if I'm not mistaken, Don, isn't that the infamous series where Pete Rose and uh, Bud Harrelson yes, got that, into that a was, fight? On that, that was it. And, and, and my man, Pedro Bourbon, earned his stripes as the guy that I'd want to be in any foxhole with. Yes. Uh, because, you know, he bit a hat. You know, we, yeah, and that series went the distance, too. And, of course, Tom Seaver was the ace of the New York Mets staff. Right. And, and Don and, Gullett was probably the ace of the Reds. Yeah, staff. well, the Mets had great pitching. They had played well at the yeah. end of the year. They didn't have a very good record overall. Right. But right behind the Tony Perez trauma, the 73 Reds, I got over that one quickly, but, you know, it was still right. not, a, not a great, and then, great year. And then in 74, the Dodgers won it. So the Reds did not even win the uh, division that year. Of course, that was back when the uh, Reds were in the West. Right. Then we get to the two, in my opinion, or probably yours too, Don, the two best Reds teams, which got to the World Series in 1975 and 76. Let's start with the 75 series. They had a good team that year as well. Played well all year. 
They finished 108 and 54. 20 games yes. ahead of the Los Angeles of, over the over the hated that Dodgers. Is domination in Well, my and, and and really from a record standpoint, the 75 team was better than the 76 team. Yes. Even though many people feel that the 76 team was actually better. Yes. Which I I guess I kind of fall in in that camp to a degree. The thing about the 75 team was that third base had been a problem mm-hmm. for the Reds and in early May, Sparky Anderson approached Pete Rose and said, "Hey, I, I you know, want to switch your position again. Mm-hmm. You know, Rose had played second base, played right field, mm-hmm. played left field, and that's where he was at this point in time. You know, the Reds, you know, took off uh, when when Rose and they put Foster in left. Foster, field, correct? Fo- yeah. well, not really initially, but Foster kind of won the position. Okay. You know, soon after that happened, okay. and then that's where you come away with the great eight at that point. Foster in left, Geronimo in center, Griffey in right. And then you have Rose at third, Concepcion, mm-hmm. and for, mm-hmm. for Michael, My, Michael's uh, favorite. At, at short, Joe Davey, Morgan, Concepcion. You know, and heck, Joe Morgan, who was the MVP both of those seasons at second base, Tony right. Perez at first, and then of course bench behind the plate, behind the and plate. then a pitching staff that I felt like was overlooked because of how great the other players were. All right, so the <laughs> I'm sorry, so the 75 <laughs> Reds they go they play Pittsburgh again. They seem to play Pittsburgh a lot yes. in the NFC. But they swept him this time. Don Gullett took game one. The Reds won 8-3, 6-1, and 5-3 right. to complete the sweep and move on to play the Boston Red Sox in the 1975 World Series. Boston uh, that year was also a pretty good team, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, uh, that, Yeah, there, there's no question about that. Fred Lynn was Rookie of the Year and AL MVP in the same season that mm-hmm. year and really just an exceptional performer. Jim Rice was a rookie. Now, now, Rice was hurt throughout the World Series. He did not play in the World Series, but one of the great players the Red Sox had was Louis Tiant. One of the best pitchers you yes. ever. One of the first ones also that would look to the sky – or, or look to the base behind him before he would throw the ball. Yeah, you, I would have been scared, <laughs> to, yes. to, you know, because uh, you know you see his number on his back when <laughs> yeah. you're standing in the batter's box. Okay, where's he? Yeah, gonna, that had to be hard. Where's it? Where's, yes. it, where's it going to go? But then also the Reds, of course, or the Red Sox, of course, had Carlton Fisk. That's correct. Who hit that home run in Game Six mm-hmm. that made the end of one of the greatest games you could ever watch. And, and, uh, and Carl Yastrzemski. Well, yes, and, well, yeah, I was going to go there as well. You have him. Actually approaching the end of his career, which he still played for quite a while after that, yes. but he had been around for a long, long time at that point. They were a very, very solid team as well, and I think they were fun to watch. I remember uh, Fisk at his Hall of Fame induction. That was the same year that Tony Perez was inducted mm-hmm. and also Marty Brenneman was, was honored. Yep. That was the. That's the only time I've been to the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies, and Fisk probably spoke way too long. Uh, <laughs> my son, who was in a stroller, slept through the whole thing, which was pretty amazing. It was an extremely hot day, and one thing I remember about Fisk is that he said that the Red Sox won that World Series three games to four, <laughs> and uh, you know it's uh, you know it's pretty you know it, it was it, it was uh, and he has since said that uh, you yeah. know quite quite a bit. It's one of the the great series of of all time. Oh, and, and and it's well, just, it, it, it was yeah, wonderful to watch. Yeah, it went uh, it went seven games. Boston took the first game at Fenway on a five hit shutout right. by Louis Tion. Yes. 
Game two, the Reds took. Three, the Reds took in ten innings. Right, so and that's an game and, and that's now. the one where you know we mentioned the the trade earlier in a different Ed podcast. The, that's the Ed Armbrister's moment yes. where uh, he was bunting and Fisk ran into him, and they were complaining because is, they said it should have been interference. And I mean, come on. Well, that's part of the Red Sox winning three games to four. There you go, exactly. And then game four. At Riverfront, the Red Sox won that. Again, Louis Tiant yes. wins his second game of the series. He pitched a complete game in that series, right. by the way. And then game five, Tony Perez, your yes. guy, had a three-run My, my guy, run. he had been struggling at that point. That's one of those big moments for Tony in his career. As a matter of fact, Tony only batted 179 for the series. Yeah, right. So he did not have very good. But he had some loud at-bats, yeah. and it really changed. You know who batted changed. well in that series compared to everybody else? Cesar Geronimo. He batted you know, 280 in that hey, series. Cesar Geronimo was a good hitter. Yes. I mean, you think about it, and you know, he's your number eight guy. Yes. He was a great hitter. Rose batted 370. Right. So he was the best that year. The next best batting average of that series for the Reds was Cesar Geronimo. Right. Well, you know, when you look at a lot of the stats for that team mm-hmm. in that era, Cesar Geronimo was in a lot of games. Yes. I'm sure that Sparky Anderson felt like, you know what? He's got to be on the field. Yeah. He's just got to be on the field being able to do things. Well, I remember being things. in a game where he threw a guy out from the warning track yeah, on he, the fly. Yeah, he, he had quite right. an arm. He was a pitcher when he came up, yes. and then they realized that, I guess, his control probably yes. was an issue. Yeah, probably. And then, of course, game six was the infamous Carlton Fisk home run. Yes. Reds probably should have won that game. Wrapped it up in six, but they didn't. Former Red Bernie Carbo. Bernie Carbo, you know, yes. His uh, yes. moment. I know. believe he hit his home run in the smallest part of the ballpark. And then game seven, an exciting game. Joe Morgan with the clutch hit. His ninth inning single with two outs gave the Reds the 4-3 victory and the 1975 World Series. Well, and that was the first World Series win for the Reds in 35 years at that point. I remember that because you and I are relatively the same age, and we were both 12 years old at that time. That's when you really can start remembering those kind of things. Oh, yeah. Stuff that you, you don't forget. No, absolutely right. And so the Reds take the 75 World Series, and then... When the guys come back, they'll wrap up their thoughts on the Big Red Machine. What a ride it's been so far. Quickly, we want to remind you about the podcast sponsor, PressRoomPass.com. Our co-host, Don Tincher, posts concise features relevant to the season on an almost daily basis. Head over there later and read a few. While you're there, check out the sponsors and advertisers. Our featured sponsor this month is ProCT Solutions. You have questions, they have answers. If your small business is still using Windows 7 or older systems, contact ProCT Solutions about moving to a modern platform. While the January 2020 end of service date for Windows 7 does not come with the same issues as earlier Microsoft retirements, you shouldn't trust your data to older systems without knowing the risks. The experienced and friendly staff at ProCT Solutions can answer your questions and help you get the best technology fit for your business. Visit ProCTSolutions.com to get in touch with the professionals who want to solve your problems so you can focus on your business. At the end of the podcast, we'll tell you how to connect with Chris and Don. Let's get back to the show.
So the Reds take the 75 World Series, and then they come right back in 1976 and do the same thing again. Once again in 1976, they're 102-60. This time they don't win by 20 games, but they take the National League West by 10 games. They play the Philadelphia Phillies in the National League Championship Series and smoke them three-zip. And the Phillies had Steve Carl. The third game of that one is the one that's the most memorable. Yes. The home runs at the end. George was, Foster and Johnny Bench yes, back-to-back. Yes, when they had the back-to-back home runs, yep. and then they end up winning the game. You can watch that inning on YouTube. It's pretty oh, amazing I, thing. It to, it's yeah. a pretty amazing thing to watch. Yeah, and, for those and, of you who haven't seen that, go check that yeah, out. Yeah, you, like you, really you, you should check that one out. Yep. But my personal story is, you know, one thing that we've talked about over the years that we've, you know, known each other and different things that we always have personal stories about mm-hmm. things. My personal story that day was we were at football practice. We were in junior high, and we are waiting on our parents to get there, and somebody had a radio, thankfully. <laughs> you know, we're sitting on the steps outside of the school jumping up and down when the home runs were happening. Wow. I, I just I remember that. To be honest, I don't remember who was with me or, or anything. All I remember is jumping up and down going, they're going to the World Series. They're going to the, you know, with, <laughs> with about ten people. Then – those those Yankees were going to be yes. the, the opponents the and next then they, time. And then they go play the New York Yankees uh, once again. But this time they play the Yankees and sweep the Yankees in four games. Yes. Of course, that's the year that Chris Chambliss hit his famous walk-off home run. I and, actually remember uh, that. One of those incredible moments in baseball history. It returned the Yankees to the World Series for the first time since 1964. The Reds... Took care of business Unfortunately, anyway. Unfortunately, they ran into the buzzsaw, which was the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds owed them, so. Big time. For 61. Yes, and, for 61. And for 39. And for 39. Probably a few others. That were I'm assuming that there were some fans yes. around that would have remembered those things. This was probably, I know you mentioned earlier, Don, that the 75 team was probably the best. But the best results and the ones that people identify the most to say was the best Big Red Machine team was this one because of the sweep of the Yankees in four games. You know, really only one game was close. And I had a little personal story on this because I attended game two at Riverfront Stadium of this game. I sat in the outfield in the green seats. If everybody remembers it from the area, going down to Red Games back at Riverfront Stadium, everything was color-coded. You had blue seats for the field. Then you had green seats a little higher. Your yellow seats were club seats. And then the red seats were up top. I sat in the outfield in the green seats and watched a great game. Have a, have a pretty good memory of that. But the Reds just were dominating. And it's interesting because Rose had a good National League Championship Series but didn't play real well in the World Series. He only batted 188. The guys that really stepped up for the Reds in this series, Johnny Bench. Right. Bench's home runs were, yes, were a huge factor. huge factor. And he batted 533. Uh, George Foster batted yes. 429 in this series. Michael's guy, Davey Concepcion. Batted three fifty seven and uh, Dan Dreesen batted three fifty seven as well. So, right. Well, and you mentioned Dan Dreesen. This is right before the traumatic trade of, of mm-hmm. Tony Perez, and I think Dan Dreesen was partially responsible for that because he of that kind of success that he had in the World Series. Dreesen was the very first designated hitter in a World Series That's right. for a National League team. The designated hitter came into effect in nineteen seventy three. Yes. Of course, the Yankees had Ron Bloomberg. He was the first actual person that was a designated hitter in a game. Yes. But the World Series, the pitchers still batted until mm-hmm. 1976, and that's when Dan Dreesen served as the DH 
for the Reds, which led to the trade of Tony Perez to the Montreal Expos. And ladies and gentlemen, this is why Donnie T-Bone Tetcher I, I need, makes need. the big money contract with the Cadillac, and Michael Swagger and I are paid with chicken feet. This is why that happens. Yes, but, information but I need, like that. I, I need my teddy bear or my, my cheese head. Does it run? My, my cheese head might make me feel a lot better uh, because – you know they they traded Perez and also Will McEnany, who right. was the pitcher that ended both World Series. He was the one that was on correct. the mound both times for the final out. You know you trade those two guys and the big red machine starts to fall apart a little bit. Woody Fryman and Dale Murray. Dale Murray was was okay for the Reds, right? But Woody Fryman just didn't work out. He was gone soon after that. Well, and and we'll get into a little bit more of that because this World Series was the last. Of the quote-unquote Big Red Machine era, the next time the Reds get back to the World Series is 1990. Yes. And that is something completely different than the Big Red Machine. That is a year of the Nasty Boys. So we'll get into a little bit about what happened with some of the Reds breaking up after the 76 World Series and get into the 1990 Nasty Boys World Series with our next podcast. So I want to thank everybody for listening today. Again, please like our Facebook page, subscribe to our podcast, and visit our website at pressroompass.com. Thanks for listening to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Season Ticket Podcast presented by Press Room Pass. Come back for the concluding episode of the opening series where we'll focus on the Cincinnati Reds and celebrate their 150th anniversary. In the next episode, Chris and Don will focus on the 1990s era Reds, including the infamous bullpen known as the Nasty Boys. Our hosts certainly have their opinions. Will you agree? Come back to find out. One thing is certain, the guys are looking forward to sharing their love of the Reds and sports in general, past and present, with you. Earlier, I mentioned you can find out how to connect with Chris and Don. Begin by visiting the PressRoomPass.com website. Contact the podcast by email at SeasonTicket at PressRoomPass.com. Stop by our Facebook page. There's a link in the show notes. And don't forget to like the page and have new posts show up in your newsfeed. Or comment on a couple. We look forward to reading what you have to say. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Now you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. The RSS feed is at SeasonTicket.Castos.com, and you can subscribe at Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and most popular podcast apps. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to tell your friends, share today's episode, and encourage them to subscribe. A new episode will be announced on our Facebook page and at PressRoomPass.com very soon. Until then, keep your eye on the ball. Swagger. So give me a little sound check, guys, since I restarted here. All right. Testies, uh, testies. Testies. One, two. <laughs> Don has one testy. Can I say Because that? you can't say that. <laughs> I don't think I can that, say that, can that might be one of George Carlin's words. Yeah. National League West playing the Dodgers and the Padres and nobody could really – and the Braves. Weren't well, the, the Braves, Braves in The Braves, the Giants, and, and the I mean, Astros, out, yeah. I'm not sure how that worked out to the – must have been west of the Alabama well, you know, Mountains or you something. You know, the like pro sports teams –
don't do well in geography. No, they so, don't. you know, it's just exactly. a kind of well, a historical the fact Dallas there. The Dallas Cowboys have been in the NFC East for how long now? Uh, yeah, Thank for you. a long, long time. long time. I still hear Howard Cosell yelling. <laughs> <laughs> the next time the world's will of the world's. All right, yeah, ready? Just, just looking <laughs> for an outtake. <laughs>